0: Good evening. Today we'll be studying the ninth chapter of Hilchot Ma'achalot Asurot, Perik Tishrei, and this chapter deals with one of the, um, I would say, more interesting topics in Hilchot Ma'achalot Asurot. That topic is Basar beHalav, uh, meet the the prohibition of eating milk and meat together. Now, there has been a great deal of literature in Halakha in regards to. This topic, but Harambam here covers it in a relatively short uh, amount of chapters in Halachot. It seems that the prohibition for uh, eating basar be of eating meat and milk, um, was because the ovde avodazara, the idol worshippers, would have some type of ceremony in which they would mix um, meat and milk together, specifically the meat of. Um, a mother um, with the mil- me- me- the meat of the child, rather with the milk of the mother, um, Haramba mentions this in the morehim, and there has been other um, other research that has been done specifically regarding this prohibition and it seems to be that again the root of it is Avuda uh, zaran practices that were pretty common. Um, in Abu Zerah, one Chacham uh, who did who remarks about this as well is uh, Rabbi uh, Umberto Casuto. Um, he um, mentions this practice um, as one of the ancient practice of the uh, Kena'ani um, people back in the day. So with that we'll begin Perek Teshi'i, the ninth chapter of Hechot Mahalot Asurot, Halacha Aleph. Basar Behalav. Asur the ve'asur l'ukhlo min hat Milk and meat It is prohibited to cook, and to cook them together. And it is also prohibited to eat a mixture of milk and meat from scriptural law. Asur bahanaya, and it is also prohibited to derive benefit from it. The uto, and it must be buried and disposed of. Ve'efro asur and it's ash. Is prohibited just as the ash of anything that is to be um, to be buried buried. So it's prohibited to derive any benefit from the ash of a mixture of basab halav. This um, this is learned. These three prohibitions are uh, Chachamim learned these prohibitions from the fact that the prohibition of basabe halav is repeated three times in the Torah. The three times signify three different prohibitions. That of again cooking eating and deriving uh, benefit from Basar behalav, And um yes, kazait loke and from when from the moment someone cooks milk and meat together, the amount of a k'zayit um, cooks an olives bulk of Baser bechalav, he is liable for Malkut for violating a biblical prohibition. Shen emar lotav bechalav imo, as the Torah says, you may not cook a um, a kid in its mother's milk. And the three times the Torah repeats it is Shemot Perik Kaf Gimel, Shemot Perik Lamed Dalid, and Devarim Perik Yod Dalid. V'chen ha'ochel kazaet mishnehem. So to anyone who eats. In all of his worth of Basar Behalav. min ha Basar ve hehalav, shenit basheluk ke provided the meat and milk was cooked together, um, he is liable um, for Malkut um, ve af shelo bishel. He is liable if he ate it, even if he is, he himself is not the one that cooked them together. So from this one halakha we see that the prohibition of basar behalav is to um, cook, eat and derive benefit from basar behalav, and one would be liable for malkut for cooking basar behalav and eating basar behalav, both of which is um, a kezayt. Halakhabet, <laughs> lo shatak habishul so the re- the only reason the torah was silent in regards to their prohibition of eating is because it already prohibited the mixture and the cooking Kelomar va asur as if the torah said that even cooking it would be prohibited. And the Torah um, doesn't even need to mention um, the eating of the mixture because it is obvious if it is prohibited to cook two items, it is obvious that it is prohibited to eat the two items together. Just as the Torah is not, does not explicitly prohibit uh, marrying one's own daughter, because the Torah prohibited, um, yes. Because the Torah already f- prohibited the daughter of one's daughter. So obviously, if the Torah prohibited um, one's granddaughter, obviously marrying one's daughter is prohibited as well. And the Torah does not need to go out of its way and um, be explicit about that. So in the same um, in the same fashion, the Torah does not. Explicitly mentioned the prohibition of eating basar behalav. Rather, it prohibits cooking basar behalav, and obviously, since cooking is prohibited, obviously um, eating basar behalav together would be prohibited as well. in En asur min ha-Torah, ella basar behemah tehora behalav. According to the Torah, the prohibition of basar halav only applies to the meat of a kosher behema and the milk of a kosher behema. Shin, as the Torah says, you may not cook meat. Um, sorry, you may not cook a kid in its mother's milk. The kid here is a gedi is a goat. V'chen, yes. Ugdi velad kolad hashor uvlad has uvlad haez. And gedi in this pasuk um, is used in a general sense to include the young of an ox, the young of a sheep and the young of a goat. Achi frot veyomar gedi azim. Except when, yeah, the, the Gedi is used generally again to include um, the young of an ox, the young of a sheep, and the young of a goat. Except when the Torah says, Gedi izim, the kid of a goat. And a kid um, and its mother's milk, Gedi, Bahalev imo, is Mentioned specifically here in the Torah, because the Torah, as we mentioned before, um, speaks in the um, speaks in what was commonly um, commonly spoken in the lingo of the people to which the Torah was given. Um, this is something that we this and it, we had this example prior in Hilchot Maachalot uh, Asurot of the fact that the Torah. Speaks in the language that, that, um, that was common, um, and it gives a, And it's some the Torah sometimes gives specific examples, um, but we should not view those examples in a narrow way, rather, we should view them in a general sense. So, when the Torah says, Do not look at it um, specifically that you may not cook a Gedi only in its mother's milk, rather, Gedi includes. Um, any other behema, the young of a, um, a shor, se, or ez, and gedi iz, when the Torah wants to say gedi, a gedi when it only wants to specify the young of a goat it says gedi izim. And again the reason why the Torah gives the example b'chalev of only of a kid in its mother's milk is because that's what was commonly uh, spoken um, to who the Torah was given in his um, yes, and the Torah again only speaks of the most common example. <clears throat> However, on the other hand, if one cooked the meat of a kosher behema in the milk of a non-kosher behema o besar behema te'a she bishlo bahalef behema tehora or if he cooked the kosher no non kosher meat of a behema and the milk of a kosher behema mutar va shel u mutar behanaya va hayavim al achilatom ishum besar bahalav It is permitted to cook these two together again the mixture of a non kosher and kosher um, milk and meat um, it is permitted to cook them and it is permitted to derive benefit from them and one would only be liable if he ate it um, because he violated again the prohibition of Basar and Yes. So again, the yeah, the prohibition with eating it. Yes. hold on. But when one would not be liable for eating it um, from the prohibition of basar behalav. Yes, one would not be liable for eating it. Um, from the prohib- prohibition of Basar So, too, this actually, this Pesach um, this here follows the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. So, the meat of a Haya, um, an undomesticated animal, and the meat of a bird, whether cooked in the milk of of another behema or the milk of a hayah, it is not prohibited to eat this type of mixture from scriptural law, and it is permitted to cook the two together, and it is permitted to derive benefit from them. However, it's eating again. Eating basar Haya, with um, with halav is prohibited from rabbinic law in order for the um, for the people not to extend the yes because not for the people for in order for the people not to um, understand the pasuk in the simple way. And violate the prohibition of basar behalav from scriptural law because they um, they might come to eat the meat of a kosher and non-kosher animal together. mamash because from the simple reading of the Torah, only, the only thing that is prohibited is the a kid in its mother's milk. asru behalav. Therefore, Hachamim prohibited any type. Of meat and milk, and extended the biblical prohibition to the meat of a hayah and the off. So, just to recap these few halachot, they're extremely, extremely important. The biblical prohibition of Lotav Ashil Gedi Bahalev Imo applies only to Basar um, Behema with Halav Behema yes basar behema tehora and halav behema tehora The um, and yes and in behema are um are in, in in this in the context of the behema it's obviously a sure se and ez um, however the torah spoke in and gave the example of what was common and the prohibitions are eating deriving benefit and um, obviously, cooking, um, cooking, basar behalav, and regarding, basar hayav of the meat of a hayah, and an of it is not prohibited um, from scriptural law. Rather, it is prohibited. Um, the eating, yes, the eating of the mixture is prohibited from um, from rabbinic law, not scriptural law, and it is permitted to. Um, cook and derive benefit from um, from besar haya va'of. It was if it was milk mixed with um, with milk. I hope that was a good summary of these past of these of the, the previous halachot. And with that, we'll continue with halacha he. va'hagavim mutar It is permitted to eat fish and uh, locusts. Cooked with milk. And if someone slaughtered a bird and found in it eggs that were fully um, ready and that and that their shell was already hard, it is permitted to eat them with milk because they're not regarded as meat anymore once they are eggs. So, um, just a note: Harambam. Does In in no place does Harambam prohibit eating meat and fish together in contrast to some other hachamim who do prohibit that. Also Harambam um, does not in any place prohibit eating milk with fish even though some other poskim um, prohibit that as well regarding halakhale ma'asa, everyone should follow their um, either familial or community uh, practice in regards to both of these things. But again, Harambam does not prohibit eating either milk um, and, um, and fish, nor does he prohibit eating uh, meat and fish together. So the guiding rule for this Halakha is that the Torah only prohibited food um, a mixture, rather, that um, that was, maybe I'll say the phrase in Hebrew. It'll be a little bit easier. Asra Torah. The Torah prohibited a mixture that was done in the typical typical way that things are cooked. So, in contrast to that, meat that was steamed or that was cooked in the hot on the hot springs of um, of. Tiberia of Tiberius. Yes. Yes. So one would not. Yes, if he steamed it with, rather, if he. It seems to be that this halacha is speaking about if he steamed. Yes, if he, ate meat that was steamed with milk, uh, vapor. Or if he cooked the meat. Um, and milk on the hot springs of Tiberias, or anything, any other type of cooking that is not um, typ- the typical way people would cook, one would not be liable from scriptural law. So, to someone who cooks meat in Mehalav, as we mentioned before, Mehalav is way, W H E Y, and it is. The is also known in halachic literature as kos or megivina, and it's the liquid that's left after the process of um, of the curdling of the milk into cheese, where there is some type of liquid um, that is left after the milk become cheese. So, for the purposes of basar bechalav, it is not considered or regarded as milk. So, basar bechalav, someone who cooks meat with way or bahalav meta, or with the milk of a animal that w- that died on its own and was not slaughtered or Bahalev zahar or with the milk of a male um, animal or dam bahalav or if he cooked meat with blood patur he would not um, he would be exempt he is exempt but and he would not be liable for liable for violating the prohibition of eating milk and meat together however it seemed that he would be liable for eating a um, nevelah or the um or eating um, or eating uh, or eating blood so for that he would be liable but he would not be liable for eating Basar behalalav in the cases that I just mentioned. She'en isur basar bechalav, hal al isur nevela, isur Because the prohibition of basar bechalav, Um does not take effect on the already existing prohibition of Nevela or Helev. velo isur musif, velo ahad. Because in none of these cases is there the exception. Um, yes. Is yes, because in none of these cases, um, is there any Sur kolel, which is a comprehensive um, prohibition, that the second prohibition is um, um, yes, where the second prohibition is comprehensive um, and includes the first prohibition. For example, the, an example of this would be someone eating um, a non-kosher food on Yom Kippur. As the prohibition of Yom Kippur includes all types of eating, so that would be isur kolel, or um, and this and it doesn't it velo isur mosif, and it also uh, doesn't introduce um, it doesn't have something called isur mosif that isur mosif means that it inc- it includes um, new factors, um, additional factors in the prohibition that the second um, isur adds more factors um, for. To the first prohibition, for example, the one of the examples that we gave was an almana that, um, yes, an almana who was who became prohib who was yes, if you have an almana that was Nidgaresha, so she would be prohibited to a kohen, and then she would also be prohibited to the kohen gadol. So her, her becoming a gerush- gerusha. Um, adds new factors because before she was only prohibited to the Kohen, now she is prohibited to the Kohen Gadol. The Isur Vat um, Ahad is when two prohibitions are created at the same moment. So for example, someone who, um, who had a brother and married a woman, that woman at the moment of the marriage, of the, the moment his brother marries this woman, she would be um, prohibited um, because she is now an eshet ish and she is also an eshet Ah. so because to bring us back to this halacha, because um, yes, the the prohibition of basab halav can't take effect on the already existing prohibition of nevelah and halav because it is neither a um, isur kolel or isur mosif or isur Vivat ahot. Someone who cooks a fetus with milk would be liable. To someone who eats it would be liable as well. However, someone who cooked the placenta or the hide or sinos or bones or the base of the horns or soft hoofs with milk would be exempt. And also someone who eats them, eats the mixture with milk, eats, this, eats one of these things with milk would be um, exempt um, as well because it's not regarded as, none of these items are regarded as meat. Now we'll move to different types of mixtures that may occur. Um, regarding basar bhalab, so if meat fell into, um, fell into milk, or if milk fell onto a piece of meat and was mixed in it, it is prohibited if the quantity is sufficient to impart a flavor. So if the f- if there is flavor of the meat that fell into the milk or if there is a flavor of milk that fell into the meat and it was cooked so the amount yes the prohibition is it is only prohibited if the if it is if it imparts the flavor how so so I am Hagoy Etakedera. If you have a piece of meat in a pot, and no, sorry, the other way around. If you have a piece of meat that fell into a pot of boiling milk, you have a goy taste the um, taste the taste whatever is in the pot. He takes the he tastes the milk that is in the pot. And there is some discussion as to whether this goy has to be an expert taster um, or a type of chef. But from Harambam's words, it seems that the goy can be any type of goy. And we believe what he says because if he isn't telling the truth, um, a Jew will taste it and is, and, it's, and whatever he says um, will be exposed and his lie will be exposed because the Goy knows, yes, and the Goy will tell the truth because if he says that, yes, because if he lies, what he says um, will be possible for us to, It'll be. it's possible for us to determine if he's lying or not. Um, because the Jew, if he says it's mutar, will taste the food after him and will know if he's telling the truth um, or not. And again, as I mentioned, um, it seems to be from Harambam that this goy doesn't need to be um, an expert um, or chef in any way. So again, bring us back to this case. If you have a piece of meat that fell into a boiling pot of milk, the goy tastes the milk. If he says that it has a taste of uh, meat, the entire pot is prohibited but if he says that the milk does not have any piece any taste of meat the milk is permitted but that piece of meat is um is prohibited and the term for this piece of meat being prohibited is that piece that um that fell into the milk um, is kind of like uh, contaminated and is prohibited. When, what do we mean that we measure by taste? Shekadam We go by the ta- we measure by taste um, in a situation that an individual that the person um, quickly took out the piece of meat before it emitted the milk. That it absorbed. But if he did not remove the piece of meat, we measure the um, we we estimate and measure um, if the part of the meat is at least sixty parts in comparison to the milk. Because we say that you have the that the yes because we say that the milk that was absorbed in the meat became prohibited because that's a mixture of basar behalav and that milk that was absorbed in the meat emerged and became emitted back with the milk and was mixed with the um and was mixed with the milk therefore we won't really uh, be able to tell if. This we won't be able to really tell in this new mixture. Um, we won't be able to tell if this in this new mixture, which is now a mixture of halav isur and halav heter. The halav isur was again the the milk that was absorbed by the meat, and then um, and then um, emerged back into the milk. Um, we can't really determine if it has. The taste of the milk of the meat in this mixture. Therefore, we measure um, the piece of meat um, against the mixture of the milk. If the piece of meat is, um, w- if there is a ratio of one piece of meat to sixty um, of the milk, it is permitted. But if not, it is prohibited. And just to recap again, this halacha it's a little bit technical and detailed. So um, you have a piece of meat that fell into milk. Okay, the um, the rule is We measure if the um, if the meat gave any taste to the milk, or vice versa, if, or if the milk. Or again, if milk fell into a piece onto a piece of meat and was cooked with it, we determine based we measure based on if um, either gave taste to the other. So, for example, the example Haram Bam gives is a piece of meat that fell into a boiling pot of milk. So we allow we have a non-Jew taste the mixture. If he says that it has, uh, if the if the mixture has a taste of meat, it is prohibited. But if not it is permitted but that piece of meat that fell in is prohibited we and harambam continues and says that we only measure by taste if the if someone if the piece of meat is removed um, before it can emit emit the milk that it absorbs so the assumption here is that you have the piece of meat that fell into boiling milk the assumption is that the the meat absorbed some milk um, and then um, emitted milk back into the um, back into the pot of milk so again we only go by ta'am in a situation in which the goy in which sorry in which the meat is removed from the pot but if he did not remove the milk from the meat rather from the pot of milk we um, we measure by by a ratio of one to sixty, and because now it would be a mixture of something called min bemino, of the same uh, of two th- items that are the same, because we say that the milk was a, there was milk that was absorbed in the meat, and now it is a mix, and now that milk is asur and the milk that was absorbed in the meat um, emits back uh, to the pot. Um, And we can't really tell, um, and we can't really measure by ta'am because now it's um, one whole mixture of milk um, that became that was absorbed by the meat and was extract and was um, and was emitted by the meat. So you have one pot of milk of only milk. Some of the milk is prohibited. Some of the milk is permitted. So what we do is that we measure and have a ratio of one to sixty. If there is sixty. if there is sixty if there is a sixty to one ratio of sixty being the milk and one to the meat, it is the mixture is permitted. mutar. Yes, Hakol Mutar. So if a piece if sorry, if milk fell into a dish of meat, the piece of meat Upon which the milk had fallen should be tasted. If it has, um, if there is no taste of milk on the piece of meat, the entire dish is permitted. But if on, if the piece has a taste, has some taste, um, if that piece of meat tastes like milk. So if that piece of meat tastes like milk, that piece is prohibited. Even if one would squeeze the piece of meat and it would lose the flavor of the milk, seeing that it tastes like milk right now, it is prohibited. And in, in the language of the Talmud and in the Halakha, this is called the, this is called if um, asur and we and then one should estimate. Um, the size of the piece against the whole contents of the dish. So then one should estimate the size of that piece of meat that is now a mixture of basar bechalav against the whole contents of the dish. If, the, if you have several pieces of meat, Plus, the vegetables and the gravy and the spices are s- such a volume that this piece of meat constitutes not more than 160th of the entire dish. Only this piece is prohibited, while the rest of the dish is permitted. When does this apply? velokisa. this only applies when the um, when the pot was not stirred yes if the pot was not stirred at the beginning at the when the milk fell in but it was only stirred at the end and the pot was not covered and by, yes by stirring the pot or by covering the pot is that the whole um, is that it wouldn't be possible to really taste or tell um, if the um, yes if it's a mi- you wouldn't be able to really taste if there's milk in the mixture because by covering it for example by stirring it it's obvious that the whole that every all the contents would be mixed and you can't really tell by taste but by covering it, the steam um, of the pot rises up and and um, and pretty much mixes the taste um of everything together however, if the contents of the pot were mixed from beginning to end or if he um, covered. The pot from the moment the milk fell until the uh, from right after the milk fell until the end of that it was mixed we determine um, it depends yes it depends on whether the milk gave flavor to the dish the. So too, if a piece of milk fell into soup, or soup obviously of meat, or onto um, onto a few pieces of meat, and we don't know onto which piece the milk fell, One should mix the entire pot until the entire... Um, the entire pot is totally mixed. In order for yes, to all the contents um, and everything in the pot to mix together. If the now the the, the, the this dish um, has some taste of milk, it is prohibited. But if not, the dish is permitted. Yes, the second part of Yod. If we cannot find a goy to taste the mixture and for us to rely on what he says, we estimate everything by a 1 to 60 ratio, whether if milk fell into meat or if meat fell into milk. If um, there is a one to sixty ratio or above, it is permitted. But if the proportion is less, it is prohibited. And pretty much the practice today is um, to measure everything by um, by sixty, by one to sixty ratio. But Hanam here clearly says that. The best way to go about uh, measuring mixtures is um, is to have a goy taste the mixture and rely on what he says. If it has a taste of basar um, behalav, it is prohibited. But if not, it would be permissible. Halacha yod alef basar lo yevashel halav bishel benoten a pot that was that meat was cooked inside it milk should not be cooked in that pot but if one did by mistake cook milk inside a pot that was used for meat we measure um and determine um, whether the pot imparted um, a meat flavor into the milk if it did give flavor that the milk is in whatever dish of milk was cooked in there is prohibited but if it did not it would be permitted and we'll get into a little bit more of these details later on in Perik, um tedvav and peric yod Zayin as well in the details of these types of mixtures Yes, and yes. And if, again, there isn't a goi um, available to taste it, we v- measure the volume of um, whatever is in the pot. Yes, we basically do a type of water um, displacement in regards to the contents of the pot and see if um, everything in the pot... Yeah, and see if the the items... Um, Yes, we pretty much determine and try and determine how much the pot absorbed um, of the, um, yes. And we determine um, whether um, it gave taste and if it did not give taste, yes. We determine, yes, the decision depends on whether the pot imparted a meaty flavor to the milk. If it did, it is prohibited and if not, it is permitted. bet torah the utter is forbidden um, by um, by the hahamim on authority of the hahamim because although according to the torah meat that is boiled in milk obtained from an animal after shechita was done on that animal is not forbidden, um, as we, as we mentioned previously in Halacha Vav, Hakehal yes, so it's prohibited. Yes, again the kehal is asur midrabanan. Hakehal shekera shekira'o umerek hacheliv hachalav rather shevo mutar li'sloto ul The The um, if therefore if the kehal the utter was torn open and rinsed out of any milk that was inside it it is permitted to roast it and to eat it. Also, if the kehal was cut vertically and horizontally, and it was rubbed against a wall, to remove any liquid or mi- moisture of milk that may be inside the udder, it is permitted to cook the kehal with meat. Kehal shelo kera'o, b'en sheliktana shelo b'en shiligdola, asur, levashelo. So, kehal that was not torn open, whether if it was for a young um, animal that did not give milk or regarding an animal that did give milk it is prohibited to um, to cook it but if one violated this and did cook it by itself it is permitted to eat it and if he uh, cooked the kehal with another piece of meat we um, it is subject again to the principle of 1 to 60 um, and Kehal is included in the count, So it's really a 1 to 59 ratio. And I should have probably prefaced this, this halakha, but I thought it was obvious that Kehal, the udder of the animal, is um, a type of, um, has a type of limbo state because on the one hand, it does contain some meat, but on the other hand, um, it's where the milk is produced in the animal. So if one wanted to eat um, udder and kind of um, taste... Um, taste what, basa, what the closest you can get to basar b'halav. This is something that I believe the wife of Rabbi Meir mentions in, um, in Masikhet Hullin, um Perik Kol um, Kolha Basar, that, um, that the udder is pretty much as close as you can get to eating um, basar b'halav. So if you follow the process of what Haramban laid out, again, um, either to um, kira'o, halaf it is permitted to um, if you tore it open and rinse out all the milk that is inside it is permitted to roast and eat it but and if you tore it vertically horizontally and rubbed it against the wall and removed and squeezed out all the liquid uh, the milk liquid or moisture that's left it is permitted to cook it with another piece of meat yes and then yes and if you um, and if you violated this and you have the kehal that was not torn open. Um, it is permitted to eat it, but if you violated this and cooked it by itself, it is permitted to be eaten. And if you cooked it with another piece of meat, we uh, measure based on the 1 to 60 ratio, and kehal is included in the um, estimate, so it's really 1 to 59. If the entire thing, including the is 60 times that of the udder itself. The udder is forbidden and the remainder of the mead is permitted. But if it is less than 60, it is all prohibited. But if, in either case, if the udder there afterwards fell into another dish, it renders that dish prohibited and, must, and is also, again, subject to the 1 to 60 ratio. As was in the first case. The reason for this is that the udder itself, having been cooked, is considered as a forbidden piece of meat and must be reckoned with according to its volume after cooking, not according to its volume. At the time that it fell into the dish. Dalid. It is forbidden to roast the udder that has been cut open on a skewer above another piece of meat. But if he violated this and, and violated this and did in fact have the roast the udder on top of a a piece of meat on a skewer, it is both are permitted. Halacha tedvav the stomach of an animal that was cooked with milk that was inside it muteret. It is permitted. It is not considered as a uh, mixture of Halab bhalav she'en halav ella she'en halav ella harayhu katinofet sheharishtanay b'me'ayim because. The milk that is inside the stomach of the animal is not regarded as milk; rather, it's regarded as waste of the animal because it totally, after the di- after during the digestive process, um, the milk that's inside it and all the food that's inside it is regarded as um, as pirsha be'anna in the language of the of the of the reef and of the talmud, and is um, and is not regarded as a mixture of basar um, as. And it's not regarded as, yes, as uh, the milk that is inside the stomach of the animal is not regarded as, um, as halal. rather, it's regarded as um, waste. <laughs> it is prohibited to curdle cheese in the uh, membrane of the stomach of an animal that was slaughtered according to the laws of shahita. because this would be this would be a mixture of basar bhalav. But if he did curdle the cheese in again the membrane of the stomach of an animal um, that was that again shahita was performed on this animal, the cheese should be tasted. If it has a taste, if it tastes somewhat like Meat and, and meat imparted some of its taste on the cheese. It is prohibited. But if it does not, if the cheese does not have any taste of meat, it is permitted because the uh, curdling agent is something that is permitted. Because it is the um, the membrane of the stomach of an animal that was slaughtered. And the only prohibition applicable in this case is that of Basar Behalav, which depends on whether um, there, the meat and the membrane of the um, of the animal, which is meat, which is basar, gave taste in the cheese, which would be halav. So again if the, if it did Obviously, give taste, it is prohibited. But if not, it is permissible. Halakhat tedzai in the second part. uvhema teme'a. However, someone who curdled um, milk in the membrane of the stomach of an animal that was a nevela or a terefa or a non-kosher animal. Since the... Um, Yes, since the curdling agent itself is um, is prohibited. Ne Mishum Nevela mishum Basar the cheese is prohibited because he violated the prohibition of Nevela because of the Davara Ma'amid is the Nevela and not because of and he wouldn't be liable and would violate and in this case would not violate the prohibition of Basar Rather, he violated the prohibition of the nevela or the terefa or eating the not kosher animal in which the the milk was um, curdled. And because of this, hahamim suspected um, and prohibited any cheese of Goyim because of this um, suspicion that Hahamim had that um, the Goyim uh, would curdle the milk. In the uh, membrane, in the skin, in the, yes, in in the membrane of the stomach of an animal that was a terefa, or a not kosher animal. And again, that's why Chachamim prohibited all cheese of Goyim, as we mentioned previously in Yod Gimal. Now we'll get into a little bit more of the details of the um, mixtures. Um, Specifically, if one of the items is hot and if one of the items is Cold. <laughs> kosher meat on its own is permitted to be eaten, and kosher milk on its own is also per- permitted to be eat- to be eaten or drunk. However, the um, the mixture of the two um, by way of cooking. Um, Prohibits the two of them. And this is what I mentioned before and Hamim say, Bishul Asra The Torah only prohibited um, the mixture of milk and meat by way of cooking. When does this apply? This this um, this principle of the mixture being prohibited by um Cooking. This applies when the two of them were cooked together. Or if one one of them was hot, fell into the other that was hot. Or if one was cold, fell into the other that was hot. However, if one of them um, was hot and that fell into to the other that was cold one may simply peel off the meat that was hot that fell into the cold um he may peel off where the, it fell into the um where it fell into the milk and um may eat the um the rest of the meat after he peels off where the milk um touched it yes Yes, ve'im sonen sonen mediyach ha'chaticha ve'ochla. But if um, one, if both of them were cold, and one fell into the other, or colder or room temperature, and not hot, um, if it fell into, if they were both room temperature, not hot, and they fell into each other, both um, the piece of meat um, can be washed and may um, and may be eaten. Afterwards, in the in the language of the Talmud, this principle is called kataa gavar. Whatever is on the bottom uh, determines um, determines the prohibition. So, if the bottom was hot, um, the into- all, both would be prohibited. But if the bottom is cold, you only need to do kelipa, um, You only need to peel off um, whatever um, whatever touched um, the the mixture. So, for example, if the meat if hot meat or room temperature meat fell into milk, you only need to peel off um, wherever the meat touched the milk um, and then it may be eaten. But if both are um, room temperature and not hot, and the meat fell into the milk, for example, um, you only need to wash um, the meat and then it may be. Eden. The second part. So therefore, it is permitted to wrap meat and milk in one um, wrapping or in one napkin. And this is provided they don't touch each other. But if they did in fact touch each other, you have to wash the meat and then wash the cheese and then they may be eaten. Halakha <laughs> yodhet. Maliyah she'aino ne'ekhal mehamat milho, hare hu keroteh. A salty food that is not, that is so salty that um, it is inedible um, is regarded as um, as hot. Ve'im ne'ekhal kemot shehu, kemo akutah, eno However, if it is salty, but it is not inedible, and it is eaten, um, for example, like a like porridge, like a dairy porridge, it is um, not considered rotah, it is not considered um, to be hot. Um, and there are some poskim that differ from Harambam and say that it doesn't necessarily, that maliah. is, um, does not necessarily have to be to the degree that it cannot be eaten, but here Harambam is clear and regards um, Maliyah only, um, only that Maliyah is only considered Maliyah, um if it is she'enone echal mihamad milho, that it is inedible because it is so salty, and only that would regard it as roteah shahu a bird or chicken that was slaughtered that fell into milk or into a porridge that contained milk im if it was raw it may be rinsed and eaten afterwards if the bird however was roasted he must peel off wherever it touched the milk and then it can be eaten However, if the bird had, um, was, um, sliced, um, and for example, if if you want to picture this better, um, if you have, for example, a hot dog, you know how on the hot dog, um, I mean, it has certain slices and inside the hot dog, so that's Pelahim, Pelahim. Or if it was spiced, um, which would cause the kutah or the halav, um, to absorb, um, yes, to absorb the yes, it would have, it would cause the bird um, to absorb the taste of the halav. And if again the bird fell, um, if the bird if the bird yes, if for example the bird or the chicken had pelahim pelahim or if it was spiced and fell into halav or kutah, um milk or parts that contain milk it would be prohibited because metubal is considered um hot it is considered spicy and considered hot um thereby absorbing um the milk halakha kaf asur lahalot haof ima gvina al hashulchan sheu ochel alav gezera mishum hergel avera shema yochal ze imze avad pisha of behalav asur midivre soferim It is prohibited for one to Yes, it is prohibited to have poultry and cheese um, on a table um, because one may um, develop the habit um, and violate the Isur and eat one with another, even though the prohibition of um, eating milk and off and poultry or bird um, is only prohibited midirabanan. If you have two guests at an inn who don't know each other, they may eat, on the, they may eat meat and milk on the same uh, table, or milk, meat, and cheese on the same table, because the two aren't really familiar with each other and they won't come to eat from each other's uh, plates. And dough may not be needed um, with, um, with milk. so back in the day bread was pretty much eaten at every meal, including um, yes at every meal. Um, so Hahamim did not want bread uh, or dough to be needed with milk because you might come to eat the, the bread. Um, with meat, and if you um, have, obviously, if you have m- dough that is kneaded with milk, that dough would obviously be co- be considered as halal. But if one violated this and did knead dough with milk, the entire um, the entire bread and the would be prohibited because one may develop the habit of violating the Isur and may come to eat the bread with meat. With the bread, obviously, that was needed with milk, it might come to eat it with meat. Also, um, it is prohibited to grease ovens um, with the fat of, um, of the tail of a kosher animal. Halev. and if he violated this and did grease the oven um, with the fat of the tail of the kosher animal, the entire bread would be prohibited until um, yes until the baker first heats the oven um, and gets rid of the fat that is in the oven because you might come to eat um, to eat the milk to eat the bread that was um, that was baked in an oven that was greased with fat of the tail with milk but if you alter the appearance of the bread so that it would be recognizable that it is not the typical type of bread that was that is parv, Um Yes, and you have some yes, and you alter the again, you alter the appearance of the bread in order for it to be for people to know that it is either meat or dairy and it's not parv. Um, in order for someone not to come to eat it with meat or milk, it is permitted. Sur le-okhlan Behalav Bread that was cooked um, in the same oven at the same time time with roasted um, yes with roasted meat also fish that was also um, roasted with meat may not be eaten with milk. Yes and this is all provided this is all assuming that the um, that the bread that was baked with meat, And the fish that was baked with meat is um, baked at the same time in the same oven, even though they don't um, touch each other. And it seems that... um, Yes, even though the rule is reha, um, typically reha love miltahi, that the steam and the smell um, of... Uh, of one item is not considered to be substantial enough to prohibit another item. Chachamim were more strict in regard to bread because bread is typically eaten with everything. So Chachamim made this gizara r- only regarding bread um, and regarding um, dagim and regarding um, fish because uh, fish um, also, it seems, may have been eaten um, with um, with milk. So just to recap, uh, bread that is cooked with roasted meat um, or fish that was cooked with meat, that was roasted rather with meat, at the same time in the same oven is prohibited to eat with um, with halab, with milk. The second part. if one cooked fish in the dish out of which meat was eaten he may eat that fish together with porridge um, that was that ha- that contains some dairy in, it. in the in halakhic literature this is something called nat barnat is it's it's kind of like you, you can think about it in the following way that it's a secondary taste um it's two items that are per- permitted. So the first item that is permitted is the kosher meat, and the second item that is permitted is the fish. So the um, we say that the um, second that the taste of the meat um, that was cooked in the in this keara in this um, dish that 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 meat gave ta- gave some type of taste to the dish, and then that dish um, gave taste. To the fish, however, because both of the items are heter, um, it is permitted to eat the fish with the kutah. And the radbaz adds that even that this is not limited to if the fish was cooked in a yes, this yeah, the, the radbaz comments that if um, this kara um, was that that kara meat was cooked in it previously. Yes, because the secondary taste of the basar that the basar again that was the taste of the basar that was absorbed into the kara and then the kara that emits the taste into the dog does not prohibit the dog to be eaten with halab. However, there are some poskim that disagree. But again, here Haran Bam's position is clear, and I believe Maran Shulchan Aruch. rules this way as well. and again it's not if anyone wants to look this up. A um, if you have a knife that was used to cut radishes or other types of um, spicy foods that that knife was previously used to cut roasted meat. It is prohibited to eat these foods with um, porridge that milk was inside it, with the kutah, because we say that these spicy things absorbed the t- meat taste from the knife. im imhatach bah kishut o avatiyah. However, if he did in fact cut with this knife that he used to cut roasted meat, and he used this knife to cut um, uh, cucumbers or melons, you have to scrape away the surface of the cut and you can eat the remainder with milk. And the difference between this halakha and the previous halakha is is that this halakha the foods are spicy and absorb from the knife the taste of the meat. Um, but if you simply scraped off where the knife cut on the davar harif on the on the spicy item, um, you can eat that with milk. It is prohibited to place. Uh, two jugs next to each other, one jug that um is um, yes, one jug of salt next to a jug of of um of milk sauce or porridge because um the uh, jar that we're talking about is keis is um is made out of clay and is porous and um and the salt would absorb moisture from the um, from this porridge, and the result is that you may come to cook meat with this milk that has taste. Sorry, you might come to cook meat with this salt that has taste of the milk that it absorbed. But you may. Um, place a jug of vinegar next to this jug of, of porridge because the vinegar wouldn't absorb the moisture from it. mi halav basar anyone who ate milk or cheese and then um, after eats. Um, wants to eat meat, he is permitted to do so right away. This is provided he washes his hands and cleans his mouth um, between eating. Yes, between eating the cheese and the meat. Yes, and how exactly should he clean his mouth? If he eats um, uh, with bread, if he eats bread or chews fruit and swallows it, or if he spits the fruit out, that's sufficient, again, um, to eat meat after eating cheese or after eating milk. It is is permitted to clean the mouth with any food aside from dates or flour or vegetables because these items don't clean the mouth sufficiently. When does this apply? This applies only regarding meat of However, if one wishes to eat uh, poultry after eating cheese or milk, he does not need to wash his mouth nor um, wash his hands. Because and the reason for this is because the meat of of um, of behemoth and hayot are similar in that similar in texture because they're tougher than um, the meat of a chicken or the meat of um sorry of yes they're tougher than chicken and other poultry and that's why you would need um, the um, yes and that's why you would need the quinoa and the netilah and the washing of the hands regarding. Um Basar Behema or Haya, again, this is you ate cheese or milk and then after you wish to eat meat and notice that Harambam does not make any distinction between soft cheese and hard cheese. Rather, it seems that any cheese or milk that one eats um again, he would require um yes, he would require hapeh, the cleansing of the mouth and Nitila and, um, and washing the hands provided it is, it is the meat of a behemah and a hayah uh, yes halakhah kafhet Misha achal basar and he doesn't need to wait any time just again the kinuah and the and the netilah is sufficient again for the basar behemah or hayah halakhah kafhet final of this lengthy chapter Misha achal basar batahila anyone who ate meat whether the meat of a behema or an off or obviously the or obviously the meat of a hayah, he may not eat after it milk until he waits between them the uh, the Period of time equal to the interval between one meal and the next, which is about six hours. And back in the day, they would eat. They would typically eat two meals a day: one meal at the fourth hour of the day, and one meal at the tenth hour of the day, um, which is about six hours. Because of the um, fragments of meat that stick to the teeth, that is not removed by Hinuach by simply um, cleaning um, the mouth. Um, as was the case with um, someone who eats for, that first eats cheese or milk and then wishes to eat meat um, and this is this pesach follows the the rif and the um, and the gemara as well i forget which um, amora um, makes this uh, makes this pesach it might be more okva but again um, anyone who eats meat any type of meat uh, must wait um, about six hours to eat cheese or milk. And with that, we finish this lengthy and pretty difficult and technical chapter of Pirik Tet. Hashem, we'll study Perik Asiri, the 10th chapter, um, tomorrow. Baruch Adonai the Ulam. Amen v'amen.